Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I'm here with my co-host, Vic Mattis, back from the holiday break. And uh, we are your morning show for any hour. How's it going, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. It's going just fine. <laughs> Had a lovely Thanksgiving down the street from me, so that's always great. I think Kate's cousin easy, lives easy. about a mile away, and I really had to stop, especially on Sunday, and just revel in being at home, waking up and staying there and doing things locally, just going around nearby yeah. and knowing that I'm not on Interstate 95 because I've done that. I've done it all the way from where we are here in Arlington up to New Jersey. I've even done it all the way up to Connecticut. Ooh. That is quite Ooh. the trip. Yeah. How are you? Well, as you know, I go the other direction. Oh, yeah. We split off. Is it? Does it get any easier or is it as bad? It's... I don't think it's as bad as going north. It's you just don't have to go through New York. Once yeah. you once you get past the D.C. area, which is the problem area, mm-hmm. once you get down to Richmond, you're flying. Is that right? It's not really an issue. Oh, that's nice. And even getting down there is straightforward. It's not a lot of, there's not a ton of construction. There's not 18 turnpikes that I don't know what they mean. You don't have to go through the Cross <laughs> Bronx Expressway. That's not part of, yeah. that's oh, not part of the lucky journey. Lucky you. Yeah. It was all right. So we went down to... North Carolina, it is almost always a temperate, beautiful Thanksgiving. So it was lovely oh, I... sitting on the screen porch, kids swinging outside with their cousins. Very idyllic. That's very Norman Rockwell. Wellian. It's very nice. Very nice. So we had our food over at Steve's parents' house. Fantastic, as always. I ate so much. Highlight. What's your favorite thing that you had there or that they, that they made? You know, there's this. I always forget about it. There's this potato casserole, which I believe I mentioned, which is just like potatoes and butter and sour cream and like all the things you would put on potato. And then you cook it like a casserole with cornflakes on top. Oh, my God. So they get crispy. Is that a particularly Southern dish or just an original? I think, I think it might be a Southern dish. I, family because dish. Because we have it on both sides of my family. Oh. So I think it's Southern. If you have not encountered it before, it might just be one so of the our, corn one flakes. Of our they, because you're putting it in the oven on top, it actually crisps. It's not. Oh yeah, it's you not drizzle. Mushy. And not only do you put the corn flakes on top, you drizzle them with butter so they crisp up. But that sucker under the broiler for you, a little bit. Do, do you use just regular Kellogg's, not not Frosted Flakes? No, not Frosted Flakes. <laughs> that would really add Gosh. a whole new dimension I'm, with the sugar. I'm for sweet yeah, and savory yeah, yeah. Okay. sometimes, but right. not in that so situation. The, the, the one with the the one with the rooster on the box. <laughs> The czar rooster. The the OG. OG. Yes, the OG. (laughs) The original flakes. Anyway, that ended up being my favorite thing. And of course, you forget how good a ham is. Like (laughs) a Christmas ham. I I rarely forget how good a ham is. But (laughs) the ham is so fantastic. I could eat that for days. Was it just like any old ham, like a honey baked ham? Or was it like from a place? It might have been from a place, but I don't, it was fantastic. I, 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 once got a, I once got a ham. It might have been for Christmas, and it was I got it locally, but they got the ham from Indiana, and it was unbelievable with a very peppery crust. So kids were not necessarily a big uh, fan of the crust, peppery crust. Yeah, but really, you it's were about me. It. The only person that matters is me. And there's it was a fantastic. place. There's a place, and I don't know if it's a national chain or if it's regional, but there's a place called Heavenly Ham where you can go get oh. your. And I've always wanted a T-shirt. Have never found the proper merch. It would be really perfect sport, for you. Yes, right. That'd be good stuff. So, yeah, we ate. We had good times. Wonderful. But we came back a little early, so we didn't have to do Sunday on 95. It's not worth it. Yeah. Not worth it. Can't do it. (laughs) 
Did you do any Black Friday shopping? Oh, you know, I might have done. This is funny. You know, I'm very much encouraging people, as you know, to go back to the malls. And in fact, they did. Yeah, in record numbers. Store traffic. I'm uplifted. Store traffic, according to the people who analyze these things, store traffic on Black Friday was up 7% from a year ago. Nice. So that was very good. I myself did not. I made a couple of online purchases, but that's what Cyber Monday is for. Cyber Monday. That's yes, already feels so dated. Kind of a thing. Yeah. I don't know. How about you? Did you go out to so a I store? went? I went out over the weekend, but not on Friday. Uh, Friday, right. I don't really do. You did, you but, weren't like at midnight at the Best Buy. No, no, I've never been that person. But I must confess that I enjoy a mall over Christmas. I like an oh. in-person experience. This is my elder yes. millennial coming out. I liked. I like to be there with all the. All the festivities and all the people and all the decorations, the giant ornaments hanging from the ceiling, the animatronic displays. I I would say the the key is to go as early as possible. I do not want to uh, to haggle over parking spaces. People get nuts about these things. And then once you're in, that's fine. Then you can wander. It can be pretty crowded. I I don't mind it. But you just got to secure a nice parking spot. And then you're And safe. we did that. We did that because I had the kids with me. So we were there like, you know, How many in the hours? morning. Did you I, stay till lunch? No, no, no. We, we, only, we only lasted about two hours, which is good for kids. No, for kids, that's yeah. a long time. And I had the little one with me too. Oh, and then I was, pl- speaking of traffic drama, parking lot drama, I was, it was rainy mm-hmm. that morning and cold and rainy. And I had gotten us back out to the car and was getting everybody in the car and we were doing fine. And the baby was in her seat, but I was trying to disengage the stroller. You got it. And I'm not an expert with this stroller yet. It's new to me. Okay. Usually I'm very practiced, but this one's new to me. So I couldn't get the thing, the catch to go. Uh-huh. And so I couldn't collapse the stroller, which means I can't get in the car. So I'm oh, getting rained on. Yes. The kids are in the oh, car. No. There's a person waiting for my spot. And normally I'm very swift. I pride myself on being mm-hmm. quick. I want you to be able yeah. to have the spot. But I'm struggling with this thing. I'm clearly very pregnant. I clearly have three children. And this person honks at me. I was like, well, that's not going to help. Was it a man or a woman? I did not observe. I couldn't see because it was rainy and they had like they were like far enough away. They, fin- you, they finally you- gave up, which was good because I was going to sit my butt in the front seat and have some of my peppermint bark that I had just bought at Target at the checkout line. That's great. And just enjoy the warmth of my car for a few minutes because honking is not the move. It's not the move, guys. I'm with you in principle, except <laughs> people are crazy. I know, I know. And you don't know. You'd be, people are crazy it's this true. time of year. People in general, they are. But especially this time of year, they do terrible, irrational things. So I'm glad that he just he or this, she this just moved on. had moved along oh, by the time awful. I got into the car, at which point I pulled out promptly for the next person who had come along. So. I, like to, I like to try to get a meal in there if I'm going to be at the mall. You know, might as well. You know what I like? I like a pretzel. I like a mall pretzel. Yes. I like to go to Auntie Anne's. I'm not sad about it. You know, and they, as you know, so I have reviewed this book last Friday called Meet Me by the Fountain by Alexandra Lang. It's a a, a history of the mall, the shopping mall. And it goes back to just after World War II because, you know, everybody was moving out to the burbs. Right. And so the town square was no longer the town square. And, And so you had to create this area that was only accessible by cars. And that became the shopping mall. But one of the things they talk about is, you know, 
places like Cinnabon, Mrs. Fields, Auntie Anne's, they purposely bake in the front. Mm-hmm. They don't have it in there. They want the smells coming out into the atria. It works. Just Yeah, because it'll draw you in. It works. And, the, the, you know, the most important things for in the mall's sort of development was the first thing was air conditioning. Yes. Right? And so you, have, you can have indoors climate control. And the second thing was the escalator. Because, you know, so if you go to places like Saks or, or, you know, like in New York City, you could, they have the escalators, but you could have the old-fashioned elevators and you press the button for like floor seven, haberdashery, whatever it is, you skip everything. But of course, the mall designers want you right, to right. walk See everything. everything along the way. And, and then the food court is not going to be right when you walk in. You got to go far to get to that food court. The one in Tyson's is like on the third or fourth floor near the movie theater. You know, so and, and, and so you, know, you go the further it's you like go in. It's like a casino. In, yes. It's like a casino. You don't want to they pump in the, the cold. I don't know if they pump in the, the cold oxygen. But they should. There were two things. There were two, interestingly, there were two interesting architects in the evolution of the mall. One was Victor Grun, who had, his idea was to change your idea of going shopping from I need to get something to I just want to go mm-hmm. shopping. Like shopping is recreation. This is right. going to be a fun experience. I don't know what I'm going to get. I'm going to go. And then the other guy who is really interesting is John Jurdy, and his whole thing was chaos and swirling with you. Like, I'm going to get you lost. And in the process, you're going to be like, oh, I'm just going to wander around aimlessly. And then, oh, hey, I'll buy this and I'll buy that. And the, the things that he designed, for example, Universal Studio City Walk. Okay. Now, you ever go there, the one in Orlando, yes. it's just everything is everywhere, you know? And it's like, this is crazy. Ooh, what is that? And then you just go there. The Fremont Street Experience in Vegas, okay. I've been to there as well. And, of course, the Mall of America The Mall of in America. Minnesota. So just mania. But I'm glad to see people are back. That's good. That's good. So, so, That's a good so sign. I, I noticed that the mall near us wasn't open till 11 a.m. on the weekend. Oh. And I thought, that's odd yeah. for the biggest weekend of the year. And people were standing outside waiting to get in at 11 Yeah, because o'clock. they were probably assuming it was going to yeah. be 10, as and it I, should be for business. One would think. You would. You would. One would think. So uh, the, the author of the book, she was from Durham, so she talks about uh, Northgate and South Square. Yep, those were, were you our... one versus the other? Oh, both? I'm Team Northgate. Or Team Northgate. And that's the oldest one. I, that's the yes. older one, I think. So that was that's yeah. right near my neighborhood. And South Square was the other side of town. Was one nicer than the other? Oh, South Square is much nicer. <laughs> it sounds nicer, so that was like the successor to it. Northgate is like the avatar of the failed mall right now where it's like it's just i did not set foot in it while i was back home but if one were to it was you know it's just a smattering of kiosks possibly yeah and a lot that's how you know when things are going down once you start getting towards the kiosk level like this is what you got that's pretty much all there is like a play place at a kiosk although i will say for it that they have a santa who is fantastic (laughs) has a real beard Oh. And a southern accent, and like zero. From- it is zero dollars to see him, and you take a picture with your iPhone, and it's amazing. Oh, amazing. that's wonderful. Yes, my big thing was I. You know what I loved about going to the mall, the Ocean County Mall, which is not a great mall, the the arcade, the, the game room, and those are gone. Oh, gone. Those are all gone. And the reason why they were gone, I learned, is it became a big hangout for teenagers, like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and you get all sorts of issues. Vices, yes, and you know, I mean, uh, I mean, that was where we hung out as teenagers. That's where, yeah, Bojangles parking lot, Field in the Woods, Mall. What is Field in the Woods? 
It's like, you know, if you have a field party, y'all didn't have a oh, field, field party. Oh, field party. I think it's the name of a store. No, 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 it's, no, like, no. it's like oh, see, a like, field party or a woods party. With, with like moonshine or yes. something. Yeah. Great. Those are my yeah. three yeah, that locations. Was, that was not, we did not do field in the woods in New Jersey. <laughs> I once was a door opener at the mall for Christmas time. It was a fundraiser for the marching band because I was oh, super cool. Oh, of course. I was super cool. And we put on little festive, we had little festive tuxes that we wore with a red bow tie. And you opened the doors for people. Were you also holding into... a thing for change for donations? No, or it no? just like the mall paid you. Or there was some sort oh. of situation. Well, that's nice. But anyway, we would all go in our festive tuxes and then eat at the food court. You know what, though? That was living. It was. That was good, living. That's a okay. good time. All right. Should we talk about other stuff? Nah, let's do it. <laughs> in other news... Just briefly, Twitter still seems basically the same, and I don't still don't know why everyone's freaking out, but we'll talk more about it at another time. Where are you going to go? Where are they going to go? They're going to where to go. They're going to Mastodon. They're going to Post. What is Post? Look, I, I heard I... about this, and it's like people say it takes too long to get the Post approved. Really? Does it have to be like ESG approved <laughs> posts? I, I'm thinking about just calling my Substack another social media account that people, like, this is the escape, guys. Mm-hmm. Come to mkhammer.substack.com. And then they'll yes. all sign up there, and I'll just have a huge you will have deluge. Fooled you. Anyway, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Oh. He's on his farewell tour, Vic. He's retiring this December, even though here we are in the middle of what some have termed a triple or tridemic of RSV, flu, and COVID. Mm-hmm. That's the new thing that we're doing, which is the media's amplifying yes. panic about that so that we can... I don't know, shut down schools again, which, by the way, Dr. Fauci lent his perspective on this important issue on Face the Nation, where he is asked by the anchor what he, what he thinks about the old school issue. Let's see. Have we learned anything? I don't know, uh, uh, Margaret. I'm not sure. When, when you talk about shutting down schools, there's always... The collateral That's also effect. radioactive. <laughs> it is, exactly. There's always the collateral issue. So you have to balance and you do it in real time, depending upon the viral load of disease in your region, whether, you know, the upper northeast may be quite different from the southwest, from the from the from the Pacific coast, from the upper northwest. So you have to have the local authorities evaluate on a situation by situation basis the, the potential collateral deleterious effects with the effects of what might happen if you have so many kids getting infected. Just say no. <laughs> just, Dr. Said Fauci, no. just say no. But, no, but he can't because he's following the science, the data. I like, I like the sort of offhanded mention of collateral damage. Yeah, uh, minor. It's a small thing called they're not learning anything and they haven't learned anything in two it's years. It's like been devastating. Yeah, they know nothing now. Yeah, other than that. Other than that. Look. He's also doing this dance again, which is local authorities need to make the call while giving local authorities and unions the permission they need to try to do this Mm -hmm. again. That's what he's doing here. And he's sort of chuckling it up and he's having a nice time with the Face the Nation anchor who did not ask very many challenging questions, as is the pattern with interviewing Dr. Fauci. Not a lot of tough questions. Now, not a lot of tough questions. Here's another quote from that interview. They've clearly politicized it. You know, they say that I'd be, I'm not political at all, period. I've never been, and anybody who knows anything about me knows that that's the case. But it is very clear when people are running their campaigns mm-hmm. with an anti-Fauci element to it. I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, th- 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 this is a public health issue. 
So, yeah, it's going to keep going, likely much more geared towards me. I mean, it's obviously a political issue. I'm not going to get involved. I didn't get involved before in the politics, and I'm not going to get involved now in the politics. His hands are clean, Vic. He is, he is the one honest man in Washington. He has, no, he has simultaneously no responsibility mm-hmm. for any of the decisions he made. No. He informs us he didn't really make those decisions. No, he was not. Certainly, again, did not make the decision on the schools. And is totally a neutral actor. Yeah. Has no, and no political. I just, and this is what bothered me about Comey, any number of people mm-hmm. who end up at the head of these very powerful mm-hmm. agencies and are not elected, is that. If your judgment is beyond reproach, and that is the system by which you judge yeah. everything you do and everything that your very powerful position gives you, mm-hmm. that's a dangerous place to be. This man does not question himself at all, not in like a good leadership way, but in a non-introspective way. Wasn't questioning like part of the scientific method no, no, instead no. of you know quashing anybody, challenging your policy positions so he's following as he says he follows the science he's not political he's following the science therefore as you know mary catherine any attack on him is an attack on science obviously yeah but he mentioned also in his various interviews you know relying on the science and the data and not these people these fringe these fringe people with their "Quote unquote way out theories." Mm-hmm. He calls them way out theory. What, what theory would that be? Would it be that, that the, COVID might have come from a lab, lab in Wuhan? Yeah. That's way out Which there. Which is he, he says he at Keeping this point open. at this point he says he's open to that, but he feels like the preponderance of the evidence is on the other side. Although I've not really seen what other side that it that, jumped species. Right. That's the it was the pangolin lizard. That's the competing yeah. theory to which we haven't seen a lot of evidence. And then he also declared that by the way, pandemic not over. Is this country ready for another pandemic? And are we still in the one we have not, uh, yeah. that we've been talking about? Well, we certainly are still in it. I think you just need to look at the numbers. We're still having between three and 400 deaths per day. So I, I think the idea that, forget it, this is over, it isn't. We're going into the winter right now. We have the wherewithal to mitigate against another surge. It's up to us to make sure that doesn't happen. And that's the thing that's very frustrating, Chuck, among public health officials, including myself. We have an updated vaccine booster that we want to yeah. do, but the uptake of that is, is you know, less than 15 percent. It's some, somewhere between 11 and 15 percent. We've got to do better than that. You mean after the one that was tested on eight mice? That one wasn't? Uh, by our bivalent one, sponsored by Ivermectin. No, the data's yeah. just not there no. on that booster. It, it doesn't exist. He is right that it's a very low uptake. Mm-hmm. People, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. People who have had it feel like they're going to be fine. They have developed some sort of either antibodies, natural immunity, and they know at this point that it is relatively mild. And if we're not going to react to a flu this way, then at this point, why should we react to COVID this way? Unless, of course, you are immunocompromised, you are one of the vulnerable, then you need to take care. But that has always been the case. Well, and and... The point that he's sort of driving at and that Randy Weingarten notably yeah. tweeted about this this weekend is that a new for for this class of sort of bureaucratic busybody, winter is now a public health crisis. Yeah. Now, that is not to say that some of the things we face in the winter are not a problem. They are. Yeah. <laughs> but 
this is sort of a pretense to use the same powers they've been using for COVID every single winter from now. And we, we, like, COVID Twitter is like 2020 right now. It's like, we got to put the masks on all the children. The toddlers definitely need the masks again. There's only one way to solve this. You got to get 18 boosters. And it's like, can we, can we just ask these people where the where the dismount is? Where 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 there, is that? And there isn't one. There is none because you have to you have to say that and maintain that there is still we're still in the middle of a pandemic because that will give you the reason the wherewithal right. to extend mm-hmm. the COVID emergency. Yeah. And with the COVID emergency, then you don't have to. Then you you can have you know cease the student loan right now, right? I right. mean, nobody's, so I mean, there's, there's a halt on student loading payments because of the COVID emergency. So this can go on. The way they wanted to have, do you remember how we had a stoppage of rent mm-hmm. and nobody owed rent for months, right? except the landlords were getting hit hard by this, Yes, you know? And so, so, so it just continues these, on. These amnesties continue. The other thing is that bugs me about Fauci is like, you know, people be like, oh my gosh, that's what Fauci I'm really, I'm really not, but this is an extremely powerful person Yeah, who we are told over and over again, at no time is it the correct time to ask him hard questions. You can't do it, do it during the pandemic because he's very busy on a very serious right. subject. You can't do it after or certainly after he retires or during any of the media tours he's given once every month and a half. You know, they tried this during the White House press conference for him. Yeah. And he was asked... I believe I reported from the Daily Caller about, you know, the lab leak theory and Corinne Jean-Pierre shut the Daily Caller reported down. And then another reporter came to the caller's uh, defense, the the reporter's defense, saying she's just asking a fair question. Nope. I'm done. She said, I'm done with you. Dr. Fauci, only only 13 percent. Hold on one second. We have a process here. I'm not calling out on people who yell. And you're being you're being you're being disrespectful to your colleagues, and you're being disrespectful to our guests. But it's never the right time to grill. No, Fauci, when no. he should have been asked very hard questions the entire time. And if we are to handle a future pandemic mm-hmm. better, we have to ask him those questions. But no one does it. No, there's going to be a, the right time is coming up soon. So the attorney generals, state attorney generals, they had grilled him. I think yes. last week. Yes, he was uh, deposed. He was deposed, and of course, Congress once it gets it fall, once the Republicans take, assuming the Republicans take over, they're going to want to talk to Fauci as right. well. And he says he's perfectly fine. But one of the things they should ask him about is FOIA requests that are now finally coming to light, showing the exchange of dialogue between Anthony Fauci and other health officials, whether it be the woman Burks, yes, Deborah Burks, Deborah Burks. Or Francis Collins of the NIH. Alicia Finley in the journal has been excellent on this. But there is an exchange between Francis Collins of the National Institutes of Health and Anthony Fauci about the Great Barrington Declaration. And this was the doctors and epidemiologists who pushed back and said, hey, hold on, before we do this massive shutdown and everybody stay inside, and that's going to solve the problem. Maybe that's not going to solve the problem. And we should have focused on really caring about the immunocompromised and people with high core comorbidities, particularly people, say, living in nursing homes right. and not putting patients with COVID in those nursing homes. And the email exchange, this is what Francis Collins said to Fauci in their exchange. He says, quote, there needs to be a quick and devastating published takedown of its premises. 
And they called the doctors who signed it, by the way, French. Anthony Fauci said the, 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 the Great Barrington Declaration was a bunch of nonsense. Easy question. Why? Yeah. Also, why are we not allowed to ask about his opinion on the lab leak theory and his connection because of gain of function right. funding well, and, for and Wuhan? A, among these Can't e- ask that. Among these emails also is a thank you for shutting down the lab leak theory that's confirmed that yeah. that was a concerted effort. With the help of to, social media. To not have people talk about this, that the government sometimes colluded in getting people to shut up about this. That's right. That's what that lawsuit is about from the attorneys general of Louisiana and Missouri. That's what they're deposing him about is the collusion with government and social media to try to shut people up about these things. Yeah. Why? At some point, you got to ask the tough questions and someone will finally. And then the entire press is going to be like, I can't believe you're asking these questions. Yeah, He's how, already retired. How dare you ask <laughs> well, him? You had about 7,000 chances to ask him. This is the guy who initially said no need to wear masks because he was worried that oh, that's run in the on emails too. Yeah. This expedient they line. were ineffective, he right. said in an and, email. And then eventually when we were talking about the ineffectiveness of the cloth masks, he recommended double masking. And he also said... He didn't see a need for humans to ever shake hands again, even though we've been doing it for thousands of years. I do want to end with an oldie but a goodie, which is one of Ted Koppel's questions for Fauci on Sunday morning when they did a sit down together. And he asked such tough stuff as, when you see the thank you, Dr. Fauci signs, does that shelter you a little bit? (laughs) Oh, That interview is one for the record books. There is not one tough question in it. He's really he's he's really had it easy. And yeah. he really has. Well, among the things he might have to answer questions about is how we got to lockdown in the US, which is ongoing in the origin country of the virus yeah. in China and now has has finally their sort of incredibly draconian Bubbling methods up. of keeping people locked down including welding people into their mm-hmm. apartment buildings yeah. where there have been disasters and a Soldering fire, them in. a fire that people could not escape. They have sent people to isolation camps, which are just prisons where yeah. they put- Even they if you put, have zero symptoms, yeah. you just happen to take the PCR test, which right. is mandatory. Where they put food mm-hmm. in airlocks for you. You know, if they feel like it, because it's the government, they don't, it's a totalitarian government, they don't really have to do these things. And so now that these draconian methods are finally getting- real like brave pushback from the people of china which is at risk of life very dangerous for them the west and particularly public health officials who were lockdown enthusiasts it's a little confusing about how to react to this for my part i'm like let these people go man let these people there is no zero covid there never was there never was going to be places like new zealand and australia china of course has more police power to be draconian but new zealand was about as draconian as, as it gets without having like a totalitarian state they can't get there it's not a real thing yeah and now we have back here some confusion about how people should respond to this and i would say that the, the white house's statement was very confusing did you read this i did and also it was uh, it was not grammatically correct you needed some editing by yes. our friend vic here hmm. this is from the white house now Likely by the time this airs, it will be an updated statement. But this is the first out the gate. We've said that zero COVID is not a policy we pursuing here in the United States. And as we've said, 
we think it's going to be very difficult for the People's Republic of China to be able to contain this virus through their zero COVID strategy. For us, we are focused on what works and what mean, and that means using the public health tools like continuing to enhance vaccination rates, including boosters, and making testing and treatment easily accessible. We've long said that everyone has the right to peacefully protest here in the United States and around the world. This includes the PRC. What? Huh? I'm so confused, <laughs> particularly the PRC versus the PCR. What are we I'm just doing? like, it's all over the place. Well, the... Just- just leave the boosters off the table for a second. They guys. threw that in there, by the way, the bivalent like booster. The, oh, by the way, and take that. The the historic unrest led by the people of China does not need a booster PSA in the middle of it. It's bizarre. And they find they, the, the White House is finding themselves in a similar situation with Iran, obviously, with the yeah. protesters because they, they, you know, Advocating for regime change, as you know, is, is not popular these days, so they're not going to do that. But, of course, they should be rooting for these people to triumph and for democracy to prevail. But, you know, don't hold your breath to go way back to this whole idea of zero COVID. I'm glad they feel this way because it is one of the most bizarre hills to die on, which is happening in, in, in China. As you know, on Sunday, something like 40,000 new cases. Yeah. And that's in a, in a, in a country... Obviously, with billions, but forty thousand new cases despite this this draconian lockdown. So that never made any sense. But I do hope that there are people out there who were very open and pushing for us to be more like China. That wherever they made these statements, that we dredge them back up, and that they are, you know, somebody screenshotted them to remind them that wait a minute, not long ago you wanted this for here. You, by the way, you sent me a link to Andy Slavitt. Uh, yes. And I thank you very much for that, uh, going down that rabbit hole. Woo! That went down, and that was Well, well because it's, it is terrifying. You can explain what this is. Well, it's, Im- it's important to remember Case that point. many people advocated for this. And in fact, Fauci himself repeatedly explained how China was doing such a good job with this. Mm-hmm. And that if we didn't do such a, quote, similarly good job locking down our citizens, that we would be in real trouble. What was the most crucial decision you had to make during the pandemic? And what was the critical thought process that took you through it? Yeah, the most crucial, it was a decision to make a recommendation to the president. It wasn't my decision that I could implement. And when it became clear that when we had um, community spread in the country with a few cases of community spread, This was way before there was a major explosion like we saw in the Northeastern corridor driven by New York City metropolitan area. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Uh, And that was very difficult decision because I knew it would have serious economic consequences, which it did. Um, But there was no way to stop the explosive spread that we knew would occur if we didn't do that. And unfortunately, since we actually did not shut down completely the way China did, the way Korea did, the way Taiwan did. But Andy Slavitt, who was a early, yeah, real, real big proponent of these kind of things, let, let's see what he was saying in, in July of 2020. Because they'll tell you now, we weren't for 
anything like what China's doing. What? No, no that's bad. No, no, that's bad. What we were going to do was good. And what I what I would like to hear from people like Andy Slavitt is why aren't protests in China dangerous and selfish? Right. Because by their standard, public health goes above all else, particularly mm-hmm. in COVID. Mm-hmm. So why would this why would standing up for themselves? Is it just that the level of power has just gone too much? I would say motivation is an actual vaccine. So depending on your motive, you're either safe from the vaccine or not. Gotcha. Okay, so Andy Slavitt said in July 2020, we need to start with universal mask wearing. We didn't do this in March and April. And, you know, as usual, they always say it could have been done by now if we had. No. Keep bars and restaurants and churches in transit closed. All hotspots prohibit interstate travel. Prohibit travel into the country. Have hotels set up to allow people with symptoms to isolate from their families at no cost. <laughs> I mean, instead yeah. of 50% lockdown, which is what we did in March and April, let's do 90% lockdown, meaning most of Americans who couldn't stay home in April because they were picking crops or driving trucks or working in healthcare would stay home with us. That means the economy would take a severe hit if we would need extended unemployment insurance. I mean, for how long? Okay, just for those who say that they didn't want a police state China like ch- lockdown. How does one prohibit interstate travel in the United States of America? Just how that, how would one do that? License plates. There would be checkpoints. There would be checkpoints. Those checkpoints would mm-hmm. be manned by either military or police forces who would tell free people that they are not allowed to leave the state of Virginia. So suddenly suddenly we're now pro martial law. Mm-hmm. Because this is now we're living in Stephen King's The Stand. Martial law for the right reasons. Yeah, Vic. that's right. But yes, I do not appreciate this airbrushing of history where everyone's like, we weren't for anything like what China does. But if you if you ask them, well, what was your solution in yeah. 2020? And the solution is always, well, we should have locked down harder. And if yeah. we had locked down harder, things would be okay. I reject that. It's I reject it. Absolutely terrifying. That imagine, I mean, just imagine if we actually went through with this. Well, like, and took his advice again from the depositions mm-hmm. and from of these FOIA emails. We have information that Fauci's second in command visited China in February of 2020. Oh. And look, this is by mm-hmm. the way, you rarely hear me speak up for government preparation, mm-hmm. but the government actually did have a plan for a pandemic, mm-hmm. like and the way that we should respond. And it did not include these draconian lockdowns because we are a place of liberty, and they had no one had concluded that yeah. that would work before. Fauci's second-in-command goes to China on this trip in February 2020 and determines, oh, my gosh, look, the CCP has really got this under control. If we just do what they do, then we'll get it under control, too. The idea, it is such useful idiocy to believe the CCP at that point, who, by the way, had already hidden all of this from people for months. That's exactly right. Based on the honest data that the regime has just given Uh us, uh they have zero cases, zero fatalities, or whatever it was at the time. Anyway... It goes without saying, but I shall say it forcefully, our our best to the people of China who yes. are engaged in these incredible moving displays where they they're they're shouting that right. Xi Jinping should go. They are, you know, they're fighting with security forces. They are out in force all over the country simultaneously, which apparently is fairly rare. There there's there's some precedent for here and there protests. Yeah, but local for protests everyone, where you petition Beijing for help because right. you're complaining. But that's okay because right. you turn to them as your that's your mother. That's your but for everyone your to sort of government. find a unifying 
message and be out at the same time is very rare. It's, it's dangerous they for have Xi been, Jinping because ooh, I, have that I mean, they have really pushed it to the limit. The the methods that they have used are just barbaric. The crackdown oh, is beginning too, and by the way. one more thing. Yes. Apple oh. released an iPhone update in China that the only thing it changed apparently was the airdrop to everyone. So you can airdrop things from your phone very quickly yes. to anybody who's in the area. In the area. This was what activists were using to transmit videos, which are heavy data mm -hmm. and photos from these areas. Apple helpfully changed it to you can airdrop for 10 minutes and no longer. So they put limits explicitly on this. I am sure at the request of the regime that why else would this release have been done? I've always known that Apple is shady and I still use all these products. And I know. Like, honestly, this one is... They convince us, you know, they, they, it's it's very hip and trendy here. We use Macs, you know, iPhones, you name it, AirPods, whatever it is. It's great. It's fun. It's cool. The commercials, the whole thing. But let's not harbor any illusions about what's going on over there, particularly places like Foxconn, you know, where the factory is. It's bad. And they had big riots and protests over there and beatings. And, of course, you know, things that are taking place in Western China. I mean, and this it's one is just so thing. explicit. And I know that yeah. they, I know that they've been engaged in this for a long time, and other companies are as well. Oh, sure. But it's just so obvious and the, bad. It, 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 again, and you know, the Chinese government, by the way, to maintain this sort of zero COVID policy, it's just a matter of control. It's not a matter of health or science because it's not a, you know, it's not really a health emergency. It's a political emergency, and as a result. Their own economy is growing less than 3%. And, of course, they're actually literally killing their own economy, those well, people in the apartment building. By right. the way, when the government says in a room key that 10 people died in that apartment, you know it's more. Yes, yes. You know it's more. Well, not if you're Fauci's second in command. You assume that they are yeah, telling Whatever the they tell you, sure. Oh, what what uplifting moves are we moving on yeah, to Welcome now. back after no, your lovely Thanksgiving. I, it is it is inspiring to see people out there at great risk to themselves. Yeah, um, and in Iran. We've seen it in Russia at the beginning of the Ukraine invasion. We've seen yeah. it in Iran for several months, particularly among women and mm. among the the World Cup team, who the Iranian World yeah. Cup team, who, who decided to protest during the national anthem. At, Anyone, at any of those, event. any of those players who are fearful or worried about their their lives, they should they should apply for asylum. But right yep. now, after the game. Shall we do white supremacists yeah, at mar Yeah, sure. Guess who's coming to dinner? I want to know what was served. That's what I want to know. That's Of course, that would be your concern. Oh, goodness gracious. A Thanksgiving dinner like no other at Mar-a-Lago, pre-weekend. Donald Trump welcomed Kanye West, who I think we're calling Ye now. Yes. Or Ye. ye I don't know ye. which. Something I think you might have been right. I think it's Ye. Ye. Like Kanye. <laughs> With not Kanye, right? right it's right. not, oh, come all ye well, faithful. It's <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, yays and nays. To be fair, it can be confusing because you're not buying Yeezys. Well, nobody's <laughs> buying. Yeezys, that's yeah, you're right. You're buying Yeezys. Yeah, that's right. Uh, nobody's buying them anymore, probably. At any rate, no. Kanye, of late, of note, not so much for his music, but for his anti-Semitic rants, came to Mar-a-Lago to eat with Donald Trump. Donald, of Tr Donald Trump, of course, having a dinner with Mm -hmm. Kanye West, because Kanye West is super, super ultra famous. And Kanye West brings along Nick Fuentes and Milo Yiannopoulos to just, just, just a ragtag band of white supremacists yeah. and anti-Semites out, out anti to have dinner at the old Mar-a-Lago. So then we got into a whole Thanksgiving weekend thing about 
how terrible this is. And it is genuinely terrible. Like yeah. the man is running for president and he's just like, Wait, no, no, both no, men, come. both men. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Kanye is too. And he's like, come on down. And it's like, not just Kanye. It's these very out and out activist white supremacists, which like Nick Fuentes for him, there can be no other moniker. Yeah. I mean, he is very open yeah. about his hatred. Super and, open about it. And, and Milo, I believe is now working for yay. Yes, I believe he's a manager. He's a manager or something. Yeah, because he's running for president. And the truth, look, and then and then people are saying like, oh, Trump probably didn't know who they were. I think Trump probably knew who Nick Fuentes. No, you're not giving him enough credit about the people will, you know, he's either smart or he's not. Mm -hmm. And Trump is a uh, he's a pretty crafty, smart guy. And and, but shockingly, this was not a perceptive move on his behalf because (laughs) usually he's very, you know, he can read the room and know what's you know, a good, you know, good optics and bad. He's big on optics. Well, his weakness is that he, his weakness is that he loves famous people. Yes. And he loves famous people who are there to kiss his butt most of all. Oh yeah, sure. And, and then you add sort of like the persecution Mm -hmm. complex that the two of them share. And it's like a perfect recipe for, but. Except you bring along these two other guys. And and, well, and it illustrates that there's no one around him who either can advise him properly about this. Mm -hmm. Or that he's just bad enough to do these things. Either way, very bad. Right. No, it's we've all been in this situation, you know, on Saturday, for example, was just lounging around, enjoying myself there, uh-huh. you know, and, and it was in the the living room area and there was a knock on the door. Surprise, it was my mother-in-law. It's not quite the same. Not quite the same when Nick Fuentes shows no, no, up. No. With the three of them. Okay, all three. I'm putting all three to the same. It's, it's like... It's 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 a surprise, but not as not, not as a, terrifying, <laughs> not as terrifying. Yeah, not as, <laughs> I'm just gonna get in trouble for this one. But but of course, and then the left, of course, is in a state because you know the right has not properly condemned them for, for condemned Trump. They want Trump out of their lives, though. They don't want to talk about. Well, to him. my to my mind, look, Trump has disqualified himself so, so yeah. many times. That's why I didn't vote for him he's either actually, time. He's making this easy for supporters by the people who are and on the fence. Is, he's making is, it easy for this them. This is yet say, another time. Pick somebody less crazy. And stop making excuses for him. Yeah. He's This is yeah. not 40 chess. He doesn't hire the best people. Yeah. He doesn't even eat dinner with the best people or even like great people. Like it's just so bad on so many yeah. levels. Yeah. I, I think they did some sort of uh, appearance on Tim Pool's yeah. uh, podcast yesterday and, and Kanye was asked and pushed about yep. his anti-semitic remarks and he stormed off mm-hmm. the set which look if you're maybe if you're arguing that you're being silenced all the time you should answer the questions yeah. and and have that conversation at any rate oh my gosh well you know what remind you know but it doesn't we just got is, back from Thanksgiving. it is not but i would say this him walking out is not an admission of guilt i remember when sammy sosa was asked after a game uh-huh. if he was willing to take a urine test to show that he was not on steroids and he walked away. Right, and that I'm didn't sure mean he anything. was not on steroids. <laughs> that didn't mean anything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Last story because I'm I'm not I'm not going to go into Balenciaga right now because I okay. can't handle right, more right, heavy right. more heavy stuff. You, right you now. want to talk about the geofence or no? Yes, I okay. do want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Wired. I mean, this is like we've got a whole show of like sort of government overreach and insanity and bad people and bad actors. It's just like welcome back, everyone. How's yep. how's your Christmas season? Maybe I should do an episode of Christmas Ham this week just to make up just to make to soothe for... <laughs> people because now we're all worked up on yeah. Okay, so just briefly, a story called "A Peek Inside the FBI's Unprecedented January 6th 
geofence dragnet. Essentially what happened is that federal law enforcement was like, oh my gosh, this attack on the Capitol is terrible. We're going to justify, for the first time ever, dragnating everyone's cell data who was in that area to the tune of more than 5,000 people. Now, let's be clear. Some of the people in this dragnet are people who were at a rally, which I don't care if you disagree with the notion Mm -hmm. behind the rally, is their perfect right to attend, to petition the government about whatever grievances Mm -hmm. they have, no matter whether you think they're dumb or not. And as a result, because there was criminal activity adjacent to this rally, they had their stuff taken from them. Mm -hmm. And that is bad. And I don't care if you don't like the people who it happened to. It's really bad. And what's going to happen is if this is okay here, how is it not going to be okay at a Black Lives Matter gathering that has anything that the government can allege is suspected criminal activity nearby? Yeah. How do you protect those citizens from having their stuff taken from them? Right. It's great when it's your side who's in power. Yeah. You go after the people. You go after your enemies. 5,000 devices, guys. They tried to do a filter, by the way, about the timing of when the devices were there so they can try to eliminate people who may be members of Congress, congressional staffers, the press, maybe. And then they put this little window in of if you were here between this point and that point, those are the numbers and then send them back to the to the FBI. As legal experts were saying, we have and as you just said right now, we have yet to fully grasp the implications. Yeah. Of this particular practice, which I assume is common practice in places like China. No, they, well, you know? and the dragnetting, the dragnetting nature of this and getting so many is not normal for law enforcement. But there is a lot of law enforcement use of triangulation of mm-hmm. cell phone towers sure. to, to pinpoint people and see if they might have been in an yeah. area to find suspects, that kind of thing. It's just that there were so many people here yeah. who, again, many of whom were just engaged in mm-hmm. normal right. protesting activity. But a judge said, like, A-OK to this. And now one of the defendants is saying, hey, this was improperly collected and you can't use this evidence to nail me. And frankly, I hope that judge agrees with that defendant because that shouldn't be used to nail him, even if he did something wrong, because that's how our justice system works. That's how it should work, Mary. Fruit of the poison tree. That's how it should work. But as you know, it is right. Fruit of the poison tree. Yeah. I've watched a lot of law and order. I was going to say that's really impressive. The, The general trend, though, in the prosecution of the rioters has been the judges throwing the book. At, at these offenders. And so I don't know how this is going to uh, yeah. end up. Well, and you don't have to take my right wing word for it. Andrew Ferguson, a professor of law at American The other University, Andrew Ferguson. Says, <laughs> yeah, not, not our Andrew Ferguson, says, this worries me because the January 6th cases are going to be used to build a doctrine that will essentially enable police to find almost anyone with a cell phone or smart device in ways that we as a society haven't quite grasped yet. This is going to undermine the work of journalists. It's going to undermine political dissenters. And it's going to harm women who are trying to get abortion services. Like this has a lot of implications because they're not supposed to be able to just take your junk, guys. No, that's not a thing that they're allowed to do, even if you don't like the people that they're doing it to. So a good reminder that everyone should care about civil liberties, no matter whose civil liberties are being violated. But this one's pretty. Yeah. By the way, we, we should we, we should be these, concerned about this. We I don't see know these we stories like the, a similar one was the intercept story about uh, about the collusion with yeah. the social media. And they just don't get a lot of attention. They don't get a show. Well, not now. And I know that my complaint is usually the press and it's going to be the press mm-hmm. again because we're supposed to like free speech. 
the First Amendment and the right to gather and the right to post on social media and all those things. But in truth, the press doesn't have a lot of bandwidth for paying attention, no pun intended, for paying attention to mm-hmm. these things. And uh, and they'll just breeze right past. Well, I, it's stories. a little bit of a delay. I imagine they'll finally come around to it around 2024. And that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm MK Hammer on Twitter, MK Hammer Time on Instagram, and MK Hammer on Substack as well, which is, of course, the alternative to Twitter. If you need to escape Twitter, <laughs> you just go to my Substack. You sign up and pay me a little bit of money instead of Elon and all your problems will be solved. <laughs> oh, thanks for being with us. I'm going to make it up to you guys with some brighter story topics. On, That's right. We're going to talk Friday. about, you know what, you know, I'm going to ask you, Mary Kat, I'm going to ask you, Elfie or Selfie? Oh, my gosh. We'll talk about that. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. Okay.